Welcome to another edition of Politics and Writers. Everybody know Pennsylvania is the ground zero of what's occurring. And I, I hear a lot on the news, but I wanted to listen to somebody on the ground, somebody that I trust, somebody that is neither left or right that's going to spin what's actually going on. And I couldn't think of a better person than my former colleague at Coffee Party, exec, uh, one of our members on the board, Tim Danahy. Tim Danahy, how are you doing today, my brother? I am doing well. Always delighted to be with you, Egberta. Well, look, um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is um, we, we, we have the Fetterman, uh, the Fetterman Ed race going on right now, Oz, the Fetterman Oz race going on right now. And I don't really know what's going on, where the people, where the people's minds are from. I know you interface with a lot of people. You're on the ground a lot of times. How or what are people telling you? At this stage of the game, the perception that I have is that Fetterman uh, is in the lead. Uh, his health issues have been attacked. Um, uh, how, how can I put this? But it brings attention to strokes and recovery. And so the more people learn, he actually becomes a somewhat sympathetic character and an attacks by a doctor uh, become uh, unseemly. And so um, uh, that's something he has to fend as uh, there are concerns that way. Uh, the, the attack ads which are occurring are horribly unfair, as they are across the country, I'm sure, and your, your listeners can attest to that. It, it, it's uh, nothing but fear-mongering. Um, Fetterman's vulnerability is primarily his um, forgiveness of criminals who have served time, uh, who have... Uh, from prison. Well, no, um, it's a situation where the driver of a car who did not hold a gun or shoot a person uh, uh, drove a car and the, somebody else shot the person. Should that driver also spend his life in prison, although he had nothing to do directly with killing, that type of thing. It's a very nuanced attack uh, on Fetterman. I think it got some traction. I think Closer than it was before, um, but um, I, I think Fetterman is also um, pointing out some flaws, typical flaws in Republican candidates right now. So, do you feel that uh, the Pennsylvania voter, enough of the Pennsylvania voters, will be sufficiently sophisticated to make the delineation that you just put out there, as far as? Uh, crime as far as uh, many of these other issues? Uh, I think he is vulnerable on the crime just due to the fact that uh, it requires a, a level of understanding to understand that issue. So naturally, uh, the, the Republican candidate is preying upon it. Um, however, uh, Oz is a deeply flawed candidate himself. Uh, first of all, he lives in New Jersey and he lives in Florida. He lives in, in Turkey, you know, those three places uh, that that's something uh, you do not want a New Jersey person running for office in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, he also has made statements, uh, you know, regarding the uh, lack of forgiveness on abortions. He has uh, 
um, he, he has a checkered past himself. So, um, so while the race has narrowed and Oz has gained, I do believe that uh, the defense for Fetterman is shoring up. Still in an advantageous position, but it's still, still two weeks till the election. Now, what's the enthusiasm? I know that uh, one of the things is that um, they really have to get their performance out of Philadelphia and a few other uh, very, uh, very more, I don't want to say progressive, but more areas that are, are commensurate with what uh, Democrats are, are looking for. How, are, how is that enthusiasm seeming from your point of view? Uh, I, I think the early voting numbers are strong. I cannot address the Philadelphia issue and whether the votes are coming out of Philadelphia uh, like we would need. Um, but um, Betterman is very interesting in that he's doing something different than uh, typical Democrats uh, do. And that is uh, he goes to every county. It could be the reddest of red counties. And he goes there and he wins votes. So while Philadelphia, urban centers such as Philadelphia and uh, Pittsburgh are very important, excuse me, well, they're very important, Fetterman has worked hard to uh, distribute uh, his support into surrounding ca- counties, and people, I think, are appreciating that. You know, that is such a very important point that you just placed it and that I think Democrats fail to take advantage of all the time. It's not about winning every district or winning every county. It's about making your losing less loss, less losing in those districts that mitigate for that wherever you overperform. I mean, that is a very important point that you've just mentioned there. Um, now, with the governor's race, it seems like that one is almost a runaway for Shapiro, especially since that candidate, if Oz is flawed, this guy is in the, in the, in the dumpster. Uh, Mastriano is, is odd to the extreme. Uh, Shapiro, I, I, I might make mention too. Uh, Shapiro is an exceptionally good man. You, you know, it's it's not like uh, in many races where you have to uh, say pick the lesser of two evils. Right. Drug companies. He went after abuses in the Catholic Church, uh, which Mastriano uh, used to as a political thing, saying because uh, Shapiro is Jewish, he goes after Christian religions. You know, Mastriano is is out there. Shapiro is a good man. Um, Mastriano uh, I, I, is so deeply flawed. I do not understand how a man like that uh, could possibly win a party's primary unless the party has become so shrunken, so devoid of principle, uh, as to uh, allow a man like that to rise up to uh, the candidate for governor, even the Republicans. Um, uh, in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, the, the traditional Republicans are running fast and far from. Well, you know, what's interesting, Tim, is that um, you just said something that I, I really want to address. And that is, yes, there are a lot of these very flawed candidates running in the Republican Party, candidates that supported January 6th, candidate that, candidates that don't believe in fair elections, etc. But Bottom line, we've become so polarized that people are uh, just going to their corners and voting for these folks. In this case, the the danger ones are on the right. I mean, uh, uh, and 
you have to start asking your questions. Uh, when will all Americans start accepting responsibility to ensure that their vote is not on a party line, but a vote that really elects the best person to solve the problems? Your thoughts? We were with the coffee party where we tried to bring a lot of that to the forefront, getting people to be able to talk to each other that they they feel they feel uh, that they, they don't feel guilty when they have to go transpartisan, if you, if you will. Well, it's amazing that 12 years ago, uh, Tea Party seemed crazy, uh, but, but now it's almost as if the Tea Party is the moderate and, <laughs> and we could easily discuss issues with them. I mean, how far have we gone since 2010? So, um, you know, uh, I recently read a book called I'm sorry, I didn't get the name that you comped up. I really uh, want to get that name. Uh, Eight Days in May. Got it. And, uh, and I don't know the, the author of this, but uh, it, it was about the eight days uh, between the time that uh, uh, Hitler died and Germany surrendered. Gotcha. And one, one of the interesting thoughts was, is the day that uh, it was announced that Hitler uh, had died, uh, it, it's anecdotal, but, but one German person said, it was as if um, all of a sudden people people's minds turned on again. Wow. You know? Yeah. And, and, and as a result, you know, of course, you have your hardcore people involved with this and everything. But it's, it's as if they all of a sudden they started thinking again. And as a result, the process of healing and building and uh, constructing um occurred and, and actually you know in, the, in that period of time just to show the extremes after hitler died and before the german whenever they surrendered to german or uh german surrendered uh the united states put in like a 48 or hour window that jews were fleeing to germany to escape the russians wow and, and it, it was a fascinating story so uh, perhaps at some point, uh, reason will prevail again. And um, I, I, I do have a, an abiding faith in the American people. Uh, as Winston Churchill says, you can always count on the American people to do the right thing after they've tried everything else. You, you know, and, I, I, I love that you said that because, you know, in the book that I have called It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relative Friends and Neighbors, one of the areas that I have in the book that I said, we also have to give these people a place to land. In other yeah. words, you have to ensure. And one of the reasons I know, and I know you know this well, after being a board of direct board of directors on the coffee party, we surely believe we have faith in people. And we don't make anyone our enemies, no matter how they come. They are never our enemies because we know that in the long run, folks will come home. Yeah. Well, uh, the Roman general Scipio, he said, never surround your enemy. He says, uh, get them on three sides and allow them to, to flee on the, on the fourth side. Yes. And that way you avoid the costly nature of the siege. You know, and and where no one wins, let let them have a back door to escape and regroup. And uh, Scipio was one of the great Roman generals. Same thing with with um, I would hope that Republicans would look at Democrats. This is not a matter of victory. You know, this, this is a matter of, of of honor. 
Right. And, um, you know, Joshua Chamberlain, you know, whenever Robert E. Lee surrendered at Appomattox, Joshua Chamberlain, he didn't have his men make fun of him. He didn't have him jeer him. He made all of his men stand at attention and salute fellow American, the man who led the insurrectionists of the Civil War. And he, he honored him and said, go ahead, take your guns home. You know, it's so keep your guns, take them home. You're Americans. We went through this. We won. You surrendered. No dishonor, you know, and, and that's the way we need to approach this. If we can do this in 1865, uh, I would hope that we can do this in 2022 and hereafter. Brother, you validate what I believe or what I'm doing, but I, and, and I think it is so so important. One of the things that I, I mean, uh, it, win or lose, I'm not going to be rubbing it in. I, you know, I mean, and I, and I think that is so important because again, uh, people, and, and I, I try to promote this a whole lot. People are victims a lot. And I'm, I'm using the word victims uh, intentionally. People are victims to their rearing people are victims to their upbringing people are victims to their religion people are victims to all these these different structures that they had nothing to do with and if some of those structures are defective i think uh to to simply put the weight of blame on the individual does nothing for promoting moving forward your thoughts well we're not looking for victory here you know, right. we're, we're not looking, uh, 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 our solutions are not absolute. Right. And the phrase, you know, perfection is the enemy of the good. Uh, we, you know, whenever we propose an infrastructure program or a chips or, or whatever the bill might be, it's not going to be perfect. I promise, you know, uh, even uh, uh, not reconstruction, but uh, after the Okay, uh, you, you you faded out a bit. You're talking about after the Depression, right? Well, yeah, or during the Depression, the government programs, you know, and everybody talks about the waste and everything like that. But, but we created like 7 or 11 million jobs in 30 days, and yes. people were complaining about 3,000 people abusing the system. Egberto, we got to roll with it. You know, yes. we're going to roll right. We're going to roll left and hope that we eventually come in towards the center. Look, folks, uh, Tim, give me your closer, because like I said, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. You're a man of wisdom. All right. I appreciate it. It's always an honor to be on your show. Thank you very much, Jay. Thank you very much. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.